in prayer. Lord, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. of you that may be visiting, and I know we have a few visitors back here, or haven't been in a while, we are doing a sermon series for Lent, and the Lenten sermon series is on the questions that Jesus asked. And as I've said before uh, in the sermons that have come before this one, is that Jesus asked literally over a hundred questions in his ministry. And we don't often think about Jesus asking questions. We think about Jesus giving answers and teaching. But Jesus had a reason for asking questions. He asked questions in order to get people to think, to reflect on what he was going to say or what he was talking about, to get people to look at their motives, to look at their heart, to look at their faith. Because especially some of the teachers and the Pharisees and the Sadducees think they knew everything or think they knew the answers. And so Jesus was trying to get people to take a hard look at their lives and to begin to take a step back. And I think the question that comes today in the context of today's reading is one of those questions that clearly should cause us to take a step back and question. And it's really in the context of the scripture that is most often quoted today. You know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, the most often quoted scripture, most of you could say, John 3.16, right? And you could say it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life, right? Most often quoted scripture decades before. before. The most often quoted scripture today is judge not. Judge not lest you be judged. Because no one wants to be judged. And in fact, there's an irony with that. Here's the irony. Everybody judges. That's the irony. And the irony goes even a step further. We live in an age where if you listen to the news, watch the media, look at advertisements, there's constant judgment. I looked at the editorial page today. Today. Just for the fun of it. And you know an editorial page, you're going to get judgment, right? Speak your mind, but please do it civilly. What are they saying? What they're saying is judge or criticize, but do it nicely. We want to be nice about it. Right? That's what they're saying. And I don't know how many of you watch CNN headline news in the morning. I try to watch it for about the first ten minutes while I'm eating my breakfast. 
so that I can just find out if there's anything that happened that I need to be aware of as I go through the day. And inevitably, there is a commercial that comes on advertising a later show, Erica Hill. And she asks the question, where has the etiquette gone today? What's she saying? Everybody is so critical and mean. What's she saying? People are judging each other. That's what she's saying. Even though we live in a day where people would quote the most frequent scripture, judge not lest you be judged. And you know what really they're saying? We don't want to hear from Christians about their morality or their Jesus. That's really what a lot of people are really saying. Because everybody judges. See, here's the real issue underlying all that. Everybody has their own belief and their own God, usually of their own creation, a God who fits their mold, and everybody has their own morality because it's all relative. I believe what I want, live how I want, you believe how you want, you live how you want, and it's all hunky-dory, and it's not. That's why we all criticize each other, and that's why we all judge each other. And that's why we live in a day of escalation, of agitation. Oh, that was good. I like that. And that's what's going on. There is so much criticism. But in reality, we have to judge at times. Just for survival's sake. We have to make judgment calls. And in fact, as a parent raising children... I had to judge at times. And, of course, in return, my children loved to judge me. One truck company judges another truck company, right? If you're a Ford guy, you like like Ford over Chevy or Dodge Ram, for that matter. And they criticize and judge each other. One political party judges another political party, you think? It's constant. We judge constantly. And a lot of people are in denial about it. See, and we think as Christians when we hear, particularly this gospel reading, that we're not supposed to judge. See, and I think people first of all, take that out of context and they don't understand the reading if they think that. Because if you look throughout the scriptures, Jesus and the apostles judged. Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. What is he saying? You need to make a judgment. Jesus in the upper room after his resurrection. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven them. If you retain them, they're retained. What's he saying? Judgment. See, we forget that. And that's the same context here that he's talking about. He's not talking about don't judge, but there's a different message. And actually, it's helpful to look at Luke chapter 6, which is the parallel passage, where he starts off by saying, a blind person can't lead a blind person. In other words, you have to discern who really understands who God is and spiritually discern and morally discern what is the right path to take and live with your life. What is God calling us to in righteousness? 
What does it mean? Because if a person is blind, and probably, in parenthesis, a lot of the Pharisees and Sadducees, the ones that think they're religiously righteous and have it together, are blind guides. You have to discern. You have to know. So you don't want to follow a blind person if you are spiritually blind. You want to find someone who sees, who knows. That's the point. And you have to make a judgment in order to understand that. And then he goes on to say the speck and the log idea in Luke chapter 6. That's the parallel passage. And, you know, in my crazy thinking, because this is just the way I think, you know, the blind person, instead of one log, they have two. You know, that's why they can't see. That's just my thinking, because I'm a little weird. So let's unpack this passage just to kind of think about what Jesus is saying. And he starts off by saying, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye? Great question. Why do we? Because we love to judge our neighbor. And we're good at it. We really are. It is so easy for us to spot what's wrong with our neighbor, isn't it? We can do it so well. I can see what's wrong with you. And I could easily tell you what's wrong with you. I mean, let's just take it at a superficial level. I can see how you're dressed poorly. I can see how bad your driving is compared to mine. But then we look at each other how we do things wrongly because we do it the right way, of course. And that's really the way we think. You know, it's really, really interesting when, when I go out and play golf with my golfing buddies, okay? And I only started playing golf a dozen, 13 years ago. I was not a golfer, didn't grow up playing golf, didn't have that wonderfully developed, beautiful swing like a lot of golfers do. And so I have a little bit of a different swing. And my normal foursome, Keith... Larry, Rick McDevitt, if we ever have a substitute come in for one of the guys, the other guys will automatically say to the substitute, don't watch his swing. (laughs) Right? Don't watch his swing. Yeah, he doesn't watch it. But they will say, watch the results. Interestingly enough, right? Yeah. See, my swing for all intents and purposes, is wrong. It works, but it's wrong. It's not a pretty swing. In my mind, it's a speck. It's not a log. However, (laughs) however, I would never tell Keith how to swing. (laughs) Right, Keith? (laughs) Keith has a wonderful swing. Larry and Rick, but they all have wonderful swings. I don't. But it's easy 
to point out the wrong things about other people. It's easy to see. And we're quick to see. Notice what Jesus doesn't say. If you caught it. He doesn't say, don't notice the speck. He doesn't say, don't bring the speck up. He doesn't say, don't deal with the speck. Isn't that interesting? He never says that. See, if we were not judging, that's what we would presume that Jesus would say next. Jesus would say, ignore it, forget it, move on. Don't go there. It's not what he says. What does he say? See, it's all about priority, if you really understand what Jesus is about. Jesus says, you must notice the log that you have first. That's what he's saying. Notice the log first. There's a priority list here that you have to pay attention to. Take a look at yourself first. What's going on with you? Don't use your own standards. One of the biggest problems we have is our own pride, our own self-righteousness. So we've got to get that log out of the way. I think James, the brother of Jesus, had in mind what Jesus was talking about here when he wrote his letter. When he talks about how we look in a mirror, we might even see our own flaws, but we are so quick to forget them. We walk away from the mirror, we forget what we saw. In part because we don't want to see the log. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because the hearer hears the word, sees what God says about our lives, see how we need to change and live righteously, but we are so quick to forget it. Why? Because we'd rather see other people's flaws, not our own. That's why. We'd rather see what's wrong with the world instead of wrong with ourselves. And James goes on to say, don't be deceived. You are so easily self-deceived. Jesus goes on to say the same thing, by the way, in Matthew chapter 7, toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount, that we deceive ourselves. And then he goes on to talk about how we need to build on the firm foundation, the foundation of rock, the Word of God, that if you want to discern what's going on in your life, if you want to take that log out of your own eye, Look at the Word of God. Pray about it. Allow the Holy Spirit to be the one who helps you discern, to take that log out first. Then and only then can we begin to help our neighbor. The log has to come out first. You know, it's interesting is several years ago, 
I was using my blower. And I love, I love to use my blower, by the way. And back in those days, I had glasses. I wore glasses all the time. And I thought the glasses would block most of the stuff. And I used the blower, and a spore got in my eye. And I don't know how many of you understand, when I say a spore, what I mean by a spore. This thing had prongs on it, pointed prongs. They got stuck in my eye. And I tried to use eye wash, and I tried to use eye drops, and I tried to splash water. I could not get it out. It was so painful, I literally couldn't see out of that eye. And I couldn't get comfortable. And I said to Meredith, after trying to survive with it, i got to call the eye doctor. Because I can't deal with it. So I called the eye doctor, and the eye doctor examined it with those you know, things that they can see in your eye. And he said, oh, you got a spore in there. Thanks a lot. So he said, I can get that. And he pulls these tweezers out. I said, you're going to get this out with a tweezer? And he said, yeah, trust me, i got a steady hand. <laughs> I think this guy's going to poke my eye out. I get nervous for a glaucoma test. Can you imagine tweezers coming at your eye? He was so cool. He went, and he got it. It felt so good. And then he showed me this spore, and this thing looked like a little, you know, one of those mines, you know, with the little spikes coming out. It's unbelievable. He was an expert. He was cautious. And he did it with care. That's what we need. That was a speck. If anyone's going to deal with specks, they need to know the Word of God. They need to be cautious and caring. They need to have someone's best interest in mind. Your goal needs to be to help someone, not to be condescending. Not to be critical. Not to feel good about yourself. But to truly help someone else. That's the goal. That's what Matthew 18 is about. When Jesus talks about confronting someone who has done a wrong. Jesus talks about, you need to go to that person and confront them. But this is how you do it. And your whole goal is restorative. That you're doing out of love. That in John chapter 7, Jesus says, when you're judging, judge with right judgment. That the goal is healing and grace and discerning. Looking at yourself first. If you really love someone... It does mean that if they're falling in a bad way, you want to help them. But you've got to look at yourself first. You have to spend time in prayer and time in discernment and make sure your motive is pure. But you seek to help them. You seek to confront them gently, 
lovingly, in love. You tell them, I'm doing this because I care about you. They may not receive it. And oh, by the way, if the world is telling you not to do it, the majority isn't always right. The majority are the ones who sought to crucify Christ. The world doesn't always get it right. The world's way isn't always the right way. That's why we need to know God's word. That's why we need to seek his will and his righteousness. But see, the primary log that needs to be dealt with first is recognizing first and foremost that we are sinners in need of redemption. If you've never come to Christ, you will not understand what I'm saying or why I'm saying it. See, in reality, you might be sitting back judging me even though you think I'm terrible for suggesting that we judge each other. You're either judging me that you don't like my content or you think I've gone on too long already. But the reality is this is an important subject. Because the reality is our world tells us not to judge and yet we all do it. And if you're going to do it, you might as well understand that Jesus wants us to do it the right way. That you take a hard look at yourself. That Jesus died on the cross because we need a Savior. That we're a sinner in need of redemption. That's the first log to deal with. And then the second is, if you're going to deal with specks in other people's eyes, you better make sure any log in your eye is out of the way first. Especially pride and condescension and feeling good about yourself. This is about love and caring and restoration and reconciliation. That's what it's about. Jesus cautions us in this question about being a speck inspector. Like that? Remember that. But he doesn't say, don't do it. Because out of love, sometimes we need to. But make sure you're right with him first. Make sure that through prayer, you've gone to him. Make sure that the Holy Spirit has caused you to look at yourself first. That you're equipped with love and grace. And then you go. Let's pray. Lord, sometimes our vision is clouded. Sometimes because of a speck, but oftentimes because of a log. And as much as we might want to deny it, we are a judgmental people. Quick to judge others and slow to see our own faults. Lord, for those who have never come to that place of knowing you as Savior and Lord, 
I pray this day that they would come to see you as the one who died for them on a cross. And Lord, for all of us, that we would we would see the logs that exist in our own eyes. That by your Holy Spirit, you would deal with the pride and the hypocrisy, the judgmentalism, the self-deception in our lives. And at the same time, help us to be willing to confront when we need to, with love, with grace, with a desire to restore and reconcile with our neighbors, our brothers and sisters, those we love, with your healing grace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.